The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. I am half asleep. It's been a very long day. I'm trying out this purple mattress thing. Um, We'll see how that works. I would like to welcome to the show my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Boland. G'day, Paul. Hello, today, Summer. And what are we talking about today? Well, we have to start off um, with another shooting. Yeah, I am. don't know a damn thing about this yet. I'm still, I'm just... I've been on my back all day. I haven't, and I haven't watched anything that was current. Oh God! Okay, ten dead, ten wounded. Yeah, my my heart just bleeds for these kids. This shouldn't be happening in schools. I don't care how they fix it, but something has to be done. I don't. I don't even care what's done at this point. This should not be. We just should not be so comfortable saying another ten dead kids. I don't think we're ever that comfortable. I think the argument goes on to is what laws or or translation of that, what rights are you willing to give up in order to maybe prevent this from happening again? And it's, Apparently this, this guy, the kid used a revolver and a shotgun, so AR-15 yeah. was not used in this one. That's according to BBC. So yeah. I tend to go outside the, the beltway for unbiased news. So. I go to Australia. Yeah, I go, I go to BBC or Russia, one of the two. Yeah. Which is and technically just, Washington, but still. <laughs> I just, I don't know what to say anymore. I mean. Uh, I think that, look, there, there's been a serious connection between the overprescription of psychotropic drugs on our young men. And when they stop taking them, bad things happen. This happened with the Sandy Hook shooter. This happened with the Aurora shooter. And this happened with the uh, uh, Parkland shooter. All of them were on psychotropic drugs when they were growing up. And all of them, uh, in the case of the Aurora shooter, he moved away from the house to go to college. Mom wasn't there to make him take his meds. The Parkland shooter, that kid's mom died. You know, no one there to take him. And the uh, Sandy Hook shooter, he just flat out refused to take him. So I think if we turn in psychiatrists as must reports, so if they see that there's could possibly, hey, this is a thing, they have to, they have to, rec- under penalty of law, like uh, a doctor in an emergency room, they have to tell the authorities that, hey, I think something might be wrong with this person. I think they should also raise the ownership age to 21. I don't know if the, that really makes much of a difference. I think, I think, I think it does. I think it does if you raise the the age to go into the army to twenty one too. I agree. I I don't. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not against it. But I'm seeing these young guys come out of high school and get access. So I'm thinking maybe if we can give them a couple more years. You can't drink till you're twenty one. Mm-hmm. You may as well not be able to have a gun till you're twenty one. Not that those two correlate. For the love of God, you start tweeting me about that. I am not in the mood, people. Um, but I figure if you can't have a drink, 
I don't know. I just, again, if the military age or the, you know, I think we've even talked about the performing in porn age uh, being uh, raised to 21. 21. I think it's because kids are getting stupider. Hear me out here. I wouldn't (laughs) have been so worried about this like 30 years ago. They're coddled a little bit more today, but is that more of the social media thing that we're involved, that everybody's involved with, or is it? I think it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's parents. I think it's, I think there's a lot more to it that we just don't credit. I mean, I've stated publicly many times that when I was 18, I was a complete and utter dumbass. And thank God I didn't have social media to write a permanent record of my dumbassery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now these kids, you know, it's like, you know, dance like no one's watching. Tweet like you're going to have to repeat it in front of a grand jury. So. Well, I think and I think people aren't aware of their actions. Um, We dealt I dealt with the car dealership. We were picking up a car for a nonprofit of all things. And so we got it down, made a deal with the car dealership. So if anyone wants to know, this was um, was this this was. Alhambra Nissan, uh, no, La Quinta Nissan. And they absolutely tried to screw over a nonprofit organization helping kids and animals. So they, I, th- I think there are shady people all over the place. I'm like, I'm just going to change the subject. Let's yeah. talk about bad people. Um, La Quinta Nissan, don't ever go there. They will rip you off. Um, another thing, and on a lighter note, there was an actress that lived in an apartment for $28 a month in an area that's like 5000 now because of rent control. She she died, and then everyone out found out she was paying $28 a month. Uh, and what did she die of? Old uh, age at the age at the ripe old age of 105? Uh, it, she was 86, and she got hit by a taxi. Close enough. Yeah, I would have to say this is an actress that has to be way up there. Oh yeah, this was not. She she was an actress in the forties when she was paying this. Yeah, I crashed in a three bedroom apartment out in Greenwich Village, New York, when I found out the dude was paying two hundred twenty a month. Month, uh, and that was nineteen ninety nine. That's cheap as hell. And that's not, again, it's nineteen ninety nine too. You know, so it's he's paying more. He's probably going to be paying more now because I wouldn't give that up unless rent control yeah. went away. Yeah, well, it was <clears throat> it, rent control would keep him in there, and it means he'll probably pay by now. Probably be paying three hundred dollars. It really does not go up that much. Yeah, I'm not, I, I fell out of contact with that guy, and I really wish I would have known. You know, who has a spare bedroom in New York City? <laughs> okay. And I was like, I was sleeping in my car, and they said, hey, man, I have a spare bedroom. It's like, who the f- has a spare bedroom in New York City? I mean, seriously. <sighs> I, don't think, I don't think the rats have spare space no! in New York City. No, 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 no. They're subletting left and right. You know, I mean, Jesus, you know, it's, yeah. So, I don't know. We had an interesting meeting at Mario's this week. So, Alexis and I go to uh, a meeting. What's a Mario's? And, uh, it, you'll, well, you'll hear about this, what a Mario's oh, okay. is. So, you know, when you wine and dine someone, um, we're having lunch with one of the ladies from uh, Women in Film and Television. And I wanted to, uh, her name's Sue Cameron. She's a really wonderful woman. We've had her on the show. She's a writer. She wrote uh, the book about behind, you know, behind the scenes in Hollywood. So we've taken her to lunch. 
Alexis messed up the name of the place we were supposed to take her. Mm. We ended up taking her to a pizzeria with sticky tables, sticky menus, um, and sticky everything. I'm now horrified. Like, we've gotten in there and I'm looking at Alexis like I'm going to murder her. Alexis is ready to cry. We had to tell Sue what was going on. For those that don't know, when you take someone out to lunch and you're, you know, you're wanting to work with them or do that sort of thing, usually you try and take them somewhere nice. At least, you know, you don't necessarily have to impress them, but somewhere that you wouldn't order takeout. (laughs) And uh, Alexis just messed up the name of the place. So uh, she had the best sense of humor about it. She laughed her butt off about about it, but I was dying. There was a little piece of me that died inside being in this restaurant. I've never gone, you know, gone to work and gone to take someone to uh, a business lunch and had that happen. Yeah, I do most of my business lunches at the Subway Sandwich Shop about a mile and a half away from here. So, you know, it's just a thing. It would have been Starbucks. Oh, it's very clean. Mine is very clean. It's one of the reasons I take them there. Oh, my God. Did you get a timeout, Paul? But no, yeah, I'm so, the, I'm, I tend to be on the other side of that line that you are on the other side of. So, you know, we I can get away with that. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely can't. But at least she had a sense of humor about it. And I will guarantee you it is one of the most memorable. I, I would have been happy at a clean subway. I can say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, was- there's a lovely clean subway here in Glen- on Glen Oaks below Buena Vista here on uh, here in Burbank. They're fantastic. Yeah, usually when you're, try, when you're taking out someone of, of her caliber, you, you try and go, you know, for a five-star or at least a four-star. Right. And um, I would normally have to take out that person's assistant or that person's uh, line producer or something like that just to run some numbers or something like that. So You could works. do Subway. Yeah, I, I, do Subway. I, I, t- we, I took her to Mario's. I wish I took her to Subway. What was the name of the place that you were supposed to go to? Manhattan's. It, it, what? Alexis was ordering uh, pizza for Kimberly because Mario's is actually a great little pizzeria, but she was ordering. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The tables aren't sticky in a pizzeria. You're in a bad pizzeria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's, it's a good pizzeria, and we, she was ordering you can't, something for Hence Kimberly. the reason you can't take them for you know, upscale business meetings. So, yes. Yeah. It was really yummy. So Lex was ordering veggie pizza for Kimberly that day from there. Wasn't thinking about it and said it to Sue. And uh, okay, I, so, she, so you had her, you had her multitasking again, and and okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have her multitasking. She writes her own schedule. I just tell her what to do. Like I'm like, hey, I need this done. She'll choose the day. She'll choose when she did it. She chose to, you know, do all this on top of each other. And we ended up at Mario's, but it was probably the most memorable lunch I've ever mm-hmm. had. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. With her, and it, she had a good sense of humor about it. But even she was like, "Really?" When she got there, because it's that little, little offended, like, "I, you're, you're, you're taking me here." <laughs> She's like, "Well, the food must be fantastic." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was awful. I, I think I got a little food poisoning that day. But she's like, "Yeah, when you order from places like this, you're always safe picking like a cheese pizza. Never order anything fresh." Um. She was going through the list of what's good to order. We followed her list and the food was good. But it was uh, one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. Definitely one of the more embarrassing moments of Alexis's life. 
because Alexis is sitting down to have lunch. She's looking at us and she's looking at me going, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know, and Sue's talking about people flying her out to New York for lunch and being flown out and offered this job, being flown out and offered the job as the head of uh, ABC. She's talking about, you know, being flown all over the world just to have lunch with people. Mm -hmm. We took her to Mario's. At least you'll stand out. Right? (laughs) At least we were memorable. I'd say I'm going to do that from now on just to be memorable, but I cannot guarantee that everyone's going to have as big a sense of humor as she did. (laughs) Because she completely understood what happened. Guys, for those that don't know, as um, pretentious as it sounds, a lot of my job is taking people to lunch and talking to them, getting to know them, seeing how we can work together. And it's always nice lunch. It's just supposed to take them nice places, not to the pizzeria you order pizza for your kids from. I would have been better off at Chuck E. Cheese. They are kind of, Chuck E. Cheese's are kind of loud. I have had a meeting. They <laughs> had Chuck E. Cheese. And I took a date there once, too. For the okay. record, she was 26. All right. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's a safe age date. And actually, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I kind of think that would be a cool date. I would like to go on a date with a guy to Chuck E. Chase. Yeah, she was a, she was a bit of a goofball and she had a great time. So. That would be fun. It's, it's mm-hmm. like going to Boomers or any of those places. That makes good dates. Yeah, you don't have to take, <laughs> not everybody, know your audience. So, okay. That's all I'll say on that. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Know who you're taking and make sure it is appropriate. Guys, when we come back, back, we are going to be on with the amazing Dr. Russ. I do want to give a shout out real quick to my product partners. Uh, Aloft Phoenix Airport Hotel. We stay there every time we go to Palm Springs Comic Con. I mean, Phoenix Comic Con. I'm mixing up my Comic Cons. Phoenix is my favorite one. Don't tell Palm Springs. And it's uh, so this year for Phoenix Comic Fest. Uh, I know Paul's going with me. We're going to be at the Aloft Hotel, uh, Phoenix Airport Hotel. I love that place. Adrian Alcantar Hair Studios got my hair done, ready for the event. LA's Lip Squad, they have the 24 hour lipstick. So at least I will look like I have makeup on by the end of the day. And our giveaways this week, of course, True Rest, Float Spas in Sedona or Las Vegas. If you guys want to win stuff, we'll go through how you can do that later. Scott Haskin Music, thank you for the beautiful music, Scott. Um, Natural Aesthetica by Asia. Of course, she does uh, by Asia Hankins. I always keep calling her Haskins. It's Hankins. We had her on last week talking about uh, beauty in Hollywood and how to look good. She did my Botox. It looks great. Aspen Mills Bread Company. Please give to Livestream Blood Bank and, of course, marchingapparel.com. If you want to get your giveaway from Alexis, she's giving away Bonnie and Clyde Passion Heist CBD Lube. I don't know what that is, but Alexis is giving away sex lube. Um, So the question for Alexis for today is, what is the worst thing about the movie Fifty Shades of Grey and how is it dangerous for BDSM? So she's given you an essay question this week. Apparently she's mad about the new one coming out or something. And then... Uh, On DVD or something? I don't know. Yep. Okay, and if you want to win either an ATV ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California, a float at True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas, 
What you can do is write in and tell me why Blazing Saddles could not be made today. <laughs> tell me why that film couldn't be made today because I'm really excited. In October, we have not finished the dates yet, but we are going to be having Mel Brooks on the show. Mm. And Paul will be geeking out, so we'll see how that goes. Mm. I'm mm. Summer Helene. We are on with the host of The Militant Moderate, my co-host, Paul Michael Bolin. We'll be right back with Dr. Russ after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurship? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever given any thought to what is behind your insurance coverage? Many of us don't think of it as more than that premium you pay on a regular basis. Of course, until you actually need to use it. On CYA with Rhonda, you'll learn to cover your assets and find out what all of that insurance mumbo-jumbo really means. If you're looking for a lucrative career option, Rhonda Lukey will explain how to get into the insurance business. Listen live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And I'd like to welcome to the show our fabulous Dr. Russ. I know you guys missed him last week. Dr. Russ, welcome to the show. Hi, Summer. Nice to be back. How well, are you? you were, I'm good. You were definitely missed last week. We had a little oh. outrage that questions weren't asked. Um, so I'm going to jump right into that. All Our right. first question is from Hungry Hungry Hippo in San Diego, California. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that was a good one. I've been <laughs> tracking my, me- uh, uh, my every meal on a diet app for the past month to control my calorie intake. However, I have yet to lose weight, and the more I think about food, the hungrier I feel, which makes me want to eat more. How do I stop the cycle and feel less hungry? I thought this was relevant because the Palm Springs diet. 
Well, that's a good question. Uh, people uh, have to realize that, uh, as they say, Google is not God, and uh, some of these apps are uh, uh, kind of miss the point. Um, as they say, garbage in, garbage out. Um, and um, I think if you're not uh, um, losing weight um, uh, by counting calories, uh, you might want to look at the glycemic index of the foods that you're eating. Uh, we're talking here about uh, biological systems. Um, uh, that is, it's kind of a lock and key uh, system. It's not thermodynamics where energy is neither created nor destroyed, um, and thus all calories are not equal. Um, so um, this this is pervasive uh, sort of mechanism in in the entire animal kingdom. If if you put sugar in a, a cup of worms, so you're going to end up with obese worms because the sugar triggers release of insulin. The insulin causes the uh, calories or the glucose to be stored in the fat cells, and you end up with fat earthworms. Um, the same thing is true with uh, us as humans. We have insulin, and and that's how it works. So. Uh, I would look more uh, at the glycemic index of the foods that you're eating rather than the cal counting calories. And, uh, of course, you can find those lists, the glycemic load, the glycemic index in, in the book, The Palm Springs Diet. Or, you know, you can find those online, too. They're, uh, you know, well-circulated lists. So uh, I, I'd... I'd uh, maybe change your approach a little bit, find a, find a way to monitor the glycemic index of the, of the foods you're eating. And I predict you'll have uh, uh, greater success. Less sugar. Less sugar, exactly. And you understand that um, the uh, sugar has not just uh, obesogenic properties, it has... Uh, what we call pro-inflammatory properties, and, and folks with uh, who suffer from uh, inflammatory diseases are are similarly adversely affected by uh, sugar. I believe that sugar. Well, I think that's where the crash comes in. Anything that makes you crash can't be good for you. Sugar and cocaine. Our next question is from Healthy Habit in Bolton, Massachusetts. And I like this huh. pen in the little non-smoking sign. I'm trying to quit smoking after 55 plus years for the umpteenth time. I want to try, the, try it this time without gaining weight, like all the times in the past that made me continue smoking. Would you recommend? Uh, would you recommend to What would you recommend to successfully kick the habit once and for all? Well. Um I get this question a lot from my patients, uh, my smoking patients, and I always start out with uh, a family uh, story. My my mother wouldn't uh, marry my uh, my father unless he uh, quit smoking, and uh, so uh, he did. It was hard for him to give up. Uh, you know, he was in the Navy, and um, everyone smoked, but but he gave it up. Uh, he's now uh, 91 years old, and uh, 
he says even to this day that he'll get uh, craving for, for tobacco. It's just so addictive. Uh, and the reason it's so addictive, it's, it's thought that uh, you can very much control uh, very precisely the amount of nicotine uh, floating through your brain where it has its effects by just puffing more, puffing less, and uh, so it's a high that you can maintain, you can get higher, you can get less high just by taking an extra puff of uh, a cigarette smoke. It's a, a finely tuned uh, nicotine uh, level when you smoke. Um, so nicotine has a very high uh, potential for addiction. Um, uh, what um, what I would say uh, to your listener is uh, understand your addiction. That's what what what's worked for you in the past. Uh, you've tried all of these things, uh, and uh, that, that's what an addict has to do is understand their addiction. And uh, uh, you know, it's not one size fits all. There, there are different uh, ways to go about it. Um, for example, let me just go through some of these uh, suggestions that we make to patients. Uh, uh, try setting a date uh, when you want to quit. Let, let's say the 4th of July. Coming up, uh, you have time to prepare yourself, cut back a little bit uh, at a time, and, and try self-hypnosis where you can imagine yourself, let's say you like to smoke when you're on the uh, telephone. Imagine having that conversation on the phone in your mind's eye without smoking. Uh, that, that, that's what self-hypnosis is about. You live through the experience. Well, you don't really live through it, but you imagine it. And uh, it has about the same effect. So come July 4th, you'll have already kind of prepared yourself to quit. And, uh, you know, if you need medications along with it, there, there are a lot of anti-craving uh, medications such as Chantix, uh, Zyban, those are the trade names. And then, uh, you know, you can get over-the-counter nicotine uh, uh, in the form of patches, uh, chewing gum. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend vaping, uh, but, uh, you know, that's not quite as bad as smoking cigarettes because you don't have the tar in it. But some vaping, you, you don't know what you're really getting yourself into. And Imagine, uh, you know, introducing these substances that you don't know the identity of into your lungs. It's, it just intuitively doesn't sound like a good idea. Not uh, at that, all. That is the, uh, that's my answer. <laughs> Our next question is from Wine Ing, with a glass of wine, I like that. Why is it easier for men to lose weight than women? Whining woman, Austin, Texas. Well, that, that kind of reminds me of the uh, question of why do uh, men not live as long as women do? It, it's because they don't want to. Wow. <laughs> That's an old Henry, um, Henry Youngman joke. I like why, do, that one. Why, why, why do husbands die before their wives? They want to. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but. Um, Really, um, <clears throat> anecdotal, uh, you know, um, there's no clear evidence that uh, men uh, 
uh, have an easier time losing weight than women. Uh, some of it might be the fact that men are bigger generally than women, and and so uh, it's just the percentage is the same, but the number, the the absolute number of pounds is greater. Uh, so uh, that may may play a role, but. Uh, as I say, there's, there's no clear evidence that uh, that hypothesis is true, that uh, men, men have an easier time of it or uh, as she is uh, inquiring. So it just takes uh, something like a, a good plan, healthy eating. I, I think the emphasis should be on, uh, on healthful eating for either men or women. And... Uh, we have a uh, a supplement that uh, I've been uh, able to talk about uh, thanks to Summer, and uh, I, I'd recommend that they try try the supplement. It's uh, an appetite suppressant. If you have food cravings, hunger pangs, uh, that that can help uh, in your weight loss efforts. So, which question do I like the best? Well, um, I think that. Um, the uh, you know the question about um, the uh, calorie counting uh, versus uh, uh, the calorie counting uh, versus looking at the uh, uh, glycemic index is uh, it would be my choice from hungry so from hungry hippo hungry, so hungry hungry hippo in San Diego, California, courtesy of Dr. Russ. We will be sending you a copy of the Palm Springs Diet. For everyone else, if you want to get your copy of the Palm Springs Diet, you can go to kennethrussmd.com. You can go to amazon.com. You can go to walmart.com. Good good God, it's everywhere. Just Google Palm Springs Diet and you'll find it everywhere. And for those that do need you know, an appetite suppressant or something to... Um, stop you from eating that that pound cake in the middle of the night. Try the new Palm Springs diet. We're going to put links up to it on the show, and this time I'm going to separate them from the Palm Springs diet and the new Palm Springs diet, and I'm going to make sure you know which is which. We are going to idiot-proof this process. Uh, Dr. Russ, thank you so much for being on the show. I'll talk to both of you next week, hopefully. Oh, you definitely I had a great will. time in New York, by the way. Uh, Everyone we, uh, was asking where you went, and I didn't know if you wanted to say, and I didn't get a chance to talk no. to you ahead. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to be quiet. So you had fun? You enjoyed your vacation? Well, we did have a free day. Uh, I was attending a, a seminar. Uh, uh, the topic was uh, transcraniomagnetic stimulation, which is a new treatment for for, uh, for depression. And uh, it, it's one of my... Uh, uh, areas of interest in it, uh, it has very wide application, and uh, it's a holistic treatment. It doesn't involve medication. So we, I, I learned a lot, and uh, of course in New York, uh, it's a very exciting place, and uh, so it's good to go, good to get back. Can we talk about it next week and its benefits? Yes, yes. I, uh, I'd love to share uh, what I what I learned uh last weekend in New York with your listeners. I like that. Guys, next week, sending questions. If you have questions about mental health and depression, that's going to be our topic for next week. 
because I think this is really, really interesting. I know Dr. Russ does some of this and has a machine in his office that does some of this. So next week, we're going to focus on that. So if you have questions about your depression, write in next week. And no more penis questions, people. Seriously, this is getting out of hand. Uh, Dr. Russ, thank you very much again for being on. I'm sorry. I'm curious. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> <Bad> pull, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Dr. Russ, thanks very much for being on the show. Guys, when we come back, I'm very, very excited to say we, we are going to be talking to Gerald Lacey II. We're going to be talking about how to promote yourself. We're going to be talking about his book, uh, Monumental Feats at a Young Age, all kinds of stuff. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Boland, host of The Militant Moderate, and my favorite doctor and yours, Dr. Kenneth Russ. We'll be right back, guys. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. I am your half-asleep host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, if you guys want to tune into the moderate, Militant Moderate, blah, blah, blah. This is my tongue twister for the week. If you guys want to tune into the Militant Moderate, you can find them on, Paul? iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And please uh, follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter. I know I get those two mixed up. And, of course, the uh, YouTube channel. Check it out, guys. It's a really good show. 
I'd like to welcome to our show our Los, uh, a Los Angeles-born sociologist, innovator, author, producer, creative marketing, creative marketing specialist, Gerald Lacey II. He's on a lifelong mission to create opportunities, bridge gaps, and develop products that improve life, sustain society, and sustain, and sustain society. Using his expertise in business, design, manufacturing, and technology, Gerald transitioned into the world of building and engineering global infrastructures. Accomplishing monumental feats at a, at a very young age, actually, semi-retiring before the age of 30. Uh, wow, that's really cool. Uh, his belief in positive energy, visualization, and implementation. He said, I wrote down my vision. I said it out loud. I expressed my passion for greatness for not only myself but for my whole team. I did what it took to create the opportunity and became the master of my own destiny. His vision, his mission is now to continue to see his vision to fruition and build tech and finance schools in the United States and cities, as well as in Africa, familiarizing the youth with programs that will help them maximize their creativity while promoting financial literacy. That's really freaking important, by the way, uh, is something Gerald is passionate about. He just wants to give back in the form of education and opportunity. I would like very much to wel welcome our special guest, Gerald Lacey II. Yes, I'm, I'm here. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the show. I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible. Uh, can you tell everyone, I, I know I read your bio, um, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, I'm from, so yeah, thank you by the way, and thank you for having me. Um, I'm from uh, the inner city of Los Angeles, uh, Crenshaw District in particular. Um, I, I feel like uh, I've, I've done a little time in the music industry, uh, fashion. Um, then, as I as I as my thought processes broaden, I've entered into other things like the technology space and and in creating a lot of different platforms and and working on innovative uh, thought processes. Um, and I traveled to Africa, and then that's when I got exposed to that whole thought process. Um, I recently wrote the book, The Visionary, just to kind of, kind of be able to just create the, the energy of, of, if you have a dream, to actually take the time to plan it and do the things that it takes to actually have you achieve your dream. Now, I have to ask, I have everyone asking on Twitter, is this similar to The Secret or is this something different? Uh, it could be. I didn't actually um, read The Secret. Uh, I did. I read like three pages and then I felt like that that's the life that I was living. So I kind of, that was like a long time ago when it came out. But it, it has similar uh, thought processes because it's really all about um, positive energy and riding that wave and definitely willing willing what it is that you desire into your life. I think it's, I'm not sure if the secret had a workbook portion, but I designed the visionary as a workbook so that you could actually work on your vision while getting the information. So like as you're reading and you're developing the thought process for winning and, and bringing your vision to fruition, I left space for you to actually write down things and assess yourself at the same time, assess your actual position, be, give yourself a chance to be honest with, with yourself and where you are and actually be able to look at everything that you're doing and assess it. I think that's amazing. Now, it's, it's the visionary. It, does it talk about your life? 
Yes, it does. I, I give uh, in in the Visionary Foundation. This is chapter one. It shows it kind of gives some insight on where I'm from and where the thought process was developed. And then um, in between the meat of it, kind of gives you uh, a lot of different. Uh, exercises or things that you can do for yourself based on things that, that I've done or things that I've experienced. Uh, I didn't have a mentor. Uh, I wish I would have, but I had to, to kind of kick down doors myself and, and rattle cages myself. So in doing so, I went in blind to a lot of situations. I went into situations not knowing exactly what I was going to get. So a lot of the meat of the book is based on that. And if you fast forward to the end where it says my visionary experiences, that actually talks about the different things and the different projects that I've been involved with. Now, I have to ask you, growing up where you did, that that's a pretty rough area for those outside of California. Um, do, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I've got people popping me on Twitter asking this question, but do you find that your upbringing and where you're brought up tends to limit the vision given to the people in that area? Uh, that's a good question. I think that it's it could be the gift or the curse, or it depends on how you look at it. I think that because it's Los Angeles at the end of the day, even though it's Crenshaw District, you're still around. You're, it's Hollywood at the end of the day. So, And then I grew up in the 80s where, where things were flourishing. There were plenty of opportunities um, in the in the African American community. There was a lot of middle class families, so people were having homes are really affordable at that time. Forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand. You could have a really nice home in the middle class um, area. So we were able to see um, we were able to see progress, right? Like so, even if it was in the form of the neighborhood street hustler that had his own vision about doing better or being better, we were able to actually see the the accolades or the accomplishments in real life so i can't really say that it was limiting Uh, we didn't have the beauty of the internet where everybody could see everything but it is a blessing to be in la and close to hollywood and close to beverly hills and close to or you could actually see the hollywood sign so you, you you know that success is right around the corner I like that. Now, it says that your your uh, process started in California in 1979. Your mom, mom and dad had jobs and had seen enough success uh, at the foot of the Baldwin Hills. Mm-hmm. You came, So you came from a more middle class area at that point, or the area itself was more middle class? Yes, yeah, a really nice area. Um, it's, it's interesting how L.A. is because uh, it's so – we're at the foot of Baldwin Hills on, on Rodeo Road. It's kind of like La Cienega. If you go, if you just look up, you see all the hills, which, interesting enough, there's actually oil wells in the Baldwin Hills, so that's wealth in itself, so that's right around the corner. But if you go to the left a little bit, then you're in what people call the jungles, where is, you know, a, a gang-infested uh, uh, area. So it, it's still, even though the, the area was nice, you still, when you went to the park, there was still the opportunity, I mean, there was still the possibility of of danger so we have we kind of got trained early on to to keep our head on a swivel and be always aware of your surroundings i think that that the training growing up in los angeles and knowing that there were all kinds of um, things that could happen at any given time that it, it really set up my mind and allowed me to see things uh, as an adult or as, as i grew up in a different way 
I like that. That's very, very interesting. You say there are two types of visionaries, the dreamers and the doers. What is the difference between a dreamer and a doer? I think the difference between a dreamer and a doer is, you know, because we all have dreams. We all uh, want, uh, we want a better life. We want a better car. We want to be able to send our kids to private school and, and, and do well for themselves. We, some of us want fancier things. Some of us are satisfied with, with just, you know, being okay, but it's still a part of the dream. The difference between the dreamers and the doers is the doers actually assess that dream and put one foot in front of the other and actually do the things that it takes to make that dream a reality. How would you advise a dreamer become a doer? <laughs> so once, that's one of the reasons that I actually wrote the, that I wrote the visionary. Uh, it's, you have to write it out. You have to get it out of your head. If you're just dreaming about it and, and it's just, it's kind of a euphoric type of thought process and you never actually write it down. You never do a, a goal sheet or a vision board or anything, then it's difficult for you to, to, to do it. So I think that it's very, very, very important for you to actually write it down, create a plan and follow it. And it's okay to adjust it because we may not know everything. Um, the beauty of having the internet and things like that is there's so much information now that from absolutely nothing, you can create everything just with all the information available. If, if college isn't, accessible to you or uh, a good professor or a mentor is not accessible to you, there's ways for you to be creative and actually seek the information and utilize it for your dream or for your vision. Do you find a difference in, this is from Twitter, do you find a difference in the dreams in minority communities and outside of minority communities? Mm, Well, that'd be hard for me to say. I think that your exposure does uh, create different opportunities. Uh, and that's, that's one of the reasons I want to give back in the form of tech and finance schools um, to give our youth a chance to be creators and understand that when they do create something that generates revenue, that they actually know what to do with it. I think that it's, it's a disadvantage that in the inner cities as a whole, we don't teach finance. Now, in other communities, finance is one of the first things that gets taught. So I think that opportunity in, in that respect, 100% is different. Um, you're taught the value of the penny in other, in other communities or more affluent communities. In the urban communities, it's not so much. It's about making it buy. And then even if you're just making it buy, it's about making it look good. No one... No one wants anyone else to know that they're not doing well. So we mask it in the form of jewelry or cars with the rims or, uh, you know, like it's so in the neighborhood when we grew up, it's like there's a, a saying about guys who have a really nice car to still live at home with their mom. That's like that's an actual thing in, in our community. I'm not sure how much so much now. I'm 43 now, so it could have changed by now. But uh, that was something that we grew up uh, laughing about. I, I That makes sense. Now, uh, Alma said that we could do a giveaway with your book to one listener. So don't say where you're from again, but whoever can write in and tell us uh, where you are from, we are going to give them a copy of The Visionary, a collaboration of visionary insights. Guys, this yeah. is a really, really good book. I'm asking him questions. I have an e-copy of this book. 
I've read it. It's very, very, very good. I know I've got people writing in, talking about Napoleon Hill and asking about The Secret. I, I know the show's demographic, guys. Um, it is different. <laughs> it's much more plain English, and it makes much more common sense than a lot of the books you find on focusing yourself and on, on the topic of success. Your book makes a lot more common sense. Um, oh, thank you. It, it really, it's, it speaks very, very plainly. And a lot of people writing in, um, I have a gentleman that just wrote in on Twitter. He's a, he said he's a young man of color. People don't talk about dreams. They talk about survival. Mm. Is that something you found growing up? I think that's the baseline of, of your motivation. Of course, you have to survive. You have to keep your head on the swivel. You need to be aware of everything. So survival first. And once you uh, master that, then that becomes, it becomes your, is, that's your mode of operation. Survival just, is natural to you. You don't always have to worry about survival once you kind of figure it out. You just survive. And at that point, you're thinking about how to change your, your situation. What do I need to do next? How can I better myself? Uh, where are the opportunities? And you seek them, you go after it, and you make it happen. If you had to give one piece of advice to people listening about success and how to achieve it, what would it be? Um, I say I would say be known um, as a finisher to yourself. Uh, become addicted to finishing. Um, it's it's a contagious characteristic. So if you're having issues with finishing, maybe even surround yourself around other finishers. Uh, one of my main motivations for finishing this book was uh, Rakita Bradford. She uh, a good friend of mine, actually a good friend of Ama and mine, and she had a book that was that was finished, and it was so motivating the fact that the energy wave that she was on uh, just from finishing that book, and I caught wind of that, and it made me finish the book in in, in a very small amount of time, just because just from being surrounded by another finisher. I find that very, very interesting, and I think that's something that's often overlooked. People can start anything, but actually finishing is much, much harder than getting started. Anyone can run half a marathon, it's getting to the finish line. That's difficult. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's what I did. I did like that about the book. I overstayed the music industry, for example. To me, the, the music, like a song or an artist trying to make, there's no definitive end. Like, when do you get the hit? Hundreds of songs, thousands of songs, countless numbers of hours, training, media training, all these different things, but there's no definitive end until you get the hit, and then it's still a continuous battle to get the next one and to get the next one. Uh, I like the book because because it was when it was done, it was just done, and now it's about um, maybe adding more information, um, promoting it, and actually having a platform to stand on that I could educate the youth that there's even another opportunity other than just the NBA or the NFL or being a rapper. I like that. And I think learning finance is damn near one of the most important things a person can learn. Because if you make money and you don't know what to do with it, tomorrow you're going to end up in the same place you're in today because you're making the same decisions that made you broke in the first place. So yeah, oh, it's a very huge issue in the urban demographic, making it rain and, and the concept of, of what people are following. And the, the drive to get the bag, the right now, it's all about right now, right now, right now. And no one's really paying attention to the amount of money that they're throwing in the air that's landing on the ground that's being swept up by a stranger, um, what that could actually be doing for their future. 
I like that. Now, we have about three minutes left. We haven't got through one-tenth of the questions that we had for you. I'd like to, with your permission, to have you on again. Um, oh, that'd be amazing. I'm, so I, I'm going to hold you to that. You said that online. You said you said that live. Uh, can you <laughs> give tell? Yeah, everyone, I heard it. Yeah, he heard it. Yeah, Paul heard it. Um, can you tell everyone where to find you? Where on social media are you? What's your handle? How can they find you? We've got about three minutes left. I want to make sure we get this out before we get uh, cut short. On Instagram, I'm Mr. Business Consultant. Traditional spelling, no periods, no underscores. Um, my website is thevisionarystore.com. Uh, I have T-shirts, mugs. The book is on there. and I'm going to add different gadgets that can assist the visionary in their process. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Gerald Lacey II, or The Visionary Book. Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram. I have a Twitter as well. Uh, it's uh, The Vision Guide. We will put up some links so you guys can find him. I will make sure. I know we deal with Twitter a lot here, so I'll make sure to put up the Twitter link and I'll put up the Instagram link. Um Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. We very, very rarely get the get. We get a lot of authors. We very rarely get. I'm, I'm trying to find a polite way of saying this, and I can't. Um, we we love we love charity. We love helping people. So every time somebody swears on this show, we give money to charity. Um, but very rarely do we oh, give. Oh yeah, fuck ball shit. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Fuck ball shit. Thank okay. you. Yeah, what what, what Paul said. My mom might be I forgot. I, I was forgot. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Blame it on me. Blame it on me. All right. Um, yeah. So every time somebody swears, we give money to charity. But very rarely do we have anyone as philanthropic or people trying to give back the way that you are, and working so hard to to change the lives of others. That's something, I mean, I work in film, Paul works in film. That's not exactly our MO. We're not, you know, the nice guys. Um, <laughs> so it's really nice. Industry. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Paul's a nice guy. My, my, mm. my nickname was the Wicked Witch of the West Coast. I am so, kind of a dick, you know. Oh, occasionally. <laughs> um, but it's nice to talk with somebody that's done so much to give back to so many. What made you, we have one minute left, so I'm just going to ask, what made you decide to give back? Uh, I think I've always been about team. I've always been about uh, cheering on my, my fellow mates and, and winning. And I understand what I went through. And I just want to be able to create the opportunity for uh, any one kid or multitude of kids to be able to learn and have an advantage at winning and have an advantage at springboarding to a level never thought possible. And I think that is a wonderful thing. A lot of times when people become successful, they become fearful that they'll lose it if somebody else gets it. So I think what you're doing is really a wonderful thing. Um, you have to you share so the information. Uh, I mean, if I, I would like to leave that nugget. You have to share the information. Otherwise, you'll be clogged up, and it'll be harder for you to take in new information. A visionary was something I had to give that to anybody that – that needed that push, that, that push to be able to capitalize on their vision. I had to give that away. Well, I think that is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. Guys, The Visionary is available. We'll put up a link to the book so you can get your own copy. Um, it, it's really a very good book. You should read it. I've, I've read it. Thank you so well, much for you. being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I look forward to the next time. I look forward to it as well. I'm going to make sure Lex sets that up with you. Uh, of course, I want to say a special thank you to my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. You can find him all over the place. We're going to put up links there because we are completely out of time. Mm. Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining me. I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. 
We'll see you next week. Good night. We'll see you from Phoenix Comic Con. Go there. Bye, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.